Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, I really enjoy my conversation with Robbie D'Angelo. I always do. I mean, he's so inspiring. He's someone who motivates me to sort of stay on my track to meet my uh, my physical and personal goals. And he's just a great inspiration. If you missed that conversation, incidentally, you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page, the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page, the Super Talk uh, Mississippi YouTube page, or go to your favorite podcast and it, it will be there as well. So thank you for listening. And now we're going to turn to paging. Go to my new friend, Amber Olson. Amber actually is the founder of the MSD Foundation after her daughter Willow was born. And we'll talk more about, about what that's about uh, in just a second. But her drive and determination are incredibly inspiring. And she's really the living example of a mother who was de- dealt a very challenging blow but made a commitment to make a difference in other people's lives who face similar circumstances. So without any further ado, Amber, thank you for finally uh, coming on Coast View. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I say finally because we actually connected months ago. And um, you know, one thing led to another. We didn't, we didn't get, we didn't get it scheduled, but we finally got this thing scheduled. And, uh, I think you'll be an, a great inspiration to a lot of people. Um, we'll introduce Willow here in just a second, if you'd like. Uh, but before we do that, you came to coastal Mississippi about 23 years ago. What brought you here? Yeah. So my parents, um, retired here. I am from Montana and, um, they wanted to go to warmer weather. And so they, uh, retired in Bay St. Louis. And I graduated from college from the University of Montana and decided to come down and see what the coast was all about and fell in love when I got down here. Uh, by the way, my family and I love Montana. We, we spend time in Whitefish and, you know, enjoy the Glacier National Parks and all, man, just what a beautiful part of the country. Where, where from Montana are you? Missoula. So I grew up, grew up yeah. just outside of Missoula, but Whitefish is like one of um, the best places on earth, I think. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it really, it really is. What a, what a terrific place. And the people there are amazing. I'm, I'm sure you found a good comp, you know, co- they were complimentary, the culture you came from to the people of coastal Mississippi. Yes. Yes. It's a, a great group of people down here, especially I think with the combination of the military. I mean, it's just, it's just an awesome group. So I saw that you were um, involved in human resources. How did, how did you get into that? So after Katrina, I started my own business and I did recruiting for my previous company. And so I really wanted to help companies find good talent because that's kind of the key. And so I started um, a franchise called Next Staff um, and we do staffing for other companies here on the coast. So we work with most of the companies here and find people for them. Awesome. You know, when I was, I'm a former CEO, was a CEO the last 15 or 16 years of my career. And uh, I found having search firms were one of the most important things we could do. Once you get a good one, one that really works hard to qualify the people, make sure that the candidate they're presenting to you is, 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 is someone who's going to be a good fit in your organization with the right skill sets and experience, that, um, man, you, you guys can be worth your weight and gold. Uh, I'm sure that's what you try to accomplish, huh? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, people are your most important assets. So you got to spend some time finding the right one and the good fit. You know, I think that's a big part of it, trying to understand the company's culture. So you live in Ocean Springs? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, we've lived 
20 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Love tell, Ocean Springs. Tell, tell me about your family. Tell me about, tell us, tell me about your family before Willow was born. And then we'll talk, we'll talk about Willow and her, her situation. So tell me about your family before Willow was born. So I met my husband, Tom, here on the coast. He is retired Navy. So when we met, he was still in the Navy. He was stationed at Pascagoula. Um, and then he's been with the CBs and kind of gone back and forth, went to New Orleans. Um, and he was uh, in Iraq uh, when my first daughter, Kylie, was born um, with the CBs. So she was born, um, my first child, and everything was great. She's now 18 years old. Um, then we had our second child, Jenna, after Katrina. And uh, everything fine there. So living the normal life, you know, he and I were both self-employed, just doing our thing. And then in 2013, um, I got pregnant with Willow and she was born and um, really seemed fine. I mean, there was no problems when she was born. Um, she was a little delayed kind of putting the Cheerios in the bottle. Every time we went to the pediatrician and filled out the form, she was a little bit delayed, but, and I had, you know, two older children and I kept comparing it and the doctor's like, look, she's, you know, don't compare to your older children. All children are different. Don't worry about it. Um, but when she was right before her second birthday, you know, I went to him and he's, and I said, there's something going on. She had not spoken. So Kylie, my firstborn, you know, talked such flower, like at nine months and Willow had never talked even really made any sounds. Um, and then she was also starting to stumble a little bit. She walked like she walked and she ran, but she did it like Frankenstein and she held her arms out and she would have trouble getting upstairs or she stumbled. And so he said, okay. And he referred us to a neurologist and that was Dr. Marcus Lee, who is fascinating. You should have him on your show. Um, he is a local neurologist who has a child with a, had a child with a rare condition. And he, we went and saw him and he said, you know, he said the, the regression bothers me. And he did a genetic test and that genetic test came back with this very rare condition called multiple sulfatase deficiency. He'd never seen it. Most doctors have never seen it so rare. So. <clears throat> We had Googled it and he told us about it. And, you know, it's a rare regressive condition similar to Alzheimer's. And so Willow was going to lose all of her skills. She wouldn't be able to walk or um, move really. And she, most kids died before they were 10 years old is what he told us. So so, let's t- so let me say it, let me say it back. Uh, multiple sulfatase deficiency. Mm-hmm. What is that exactly? So basically, um, every cell in your body has a thing called a lysosome and the lysosome's job is to take the trash out of the cell and her, it does that through enzymes and her enzymes are deficient. There's multiple enzymes that are deficient. And so they don't take the trash out of the cell. The cell builds up with trash and then it kind of pops like a balloon and it dies. So the cells are dying all throughout her body. I mean, they started dying when she was born. We just didn't know about it. And slowly over time, that's what breaks down her functioning to where she can't move or do anything. It's an amazing diagnosis and uh, it's a devastating diagnosis for parents. And yes. by the way, I see, see for those on the Facebook, I, I see your beautiful girls behind you on the wall. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. My two older. And then this is Willow. Yeah. So once you, once you came into the realization that you were facing something, what you discovered is that there wasn't a lot of en- enough research about it and enough going on around it. Tell, tell me about what led you to decide to start your own foundation and to work so hard uh, to find a solution to this terrible disease so that kids can live a normal life? 
Well, I think, you know, it's lack of acceptance is part of the problem. I, I just can't accept it. And my husband and I couldn't. And so when we went to see a specialist in Jackson at Children's in Jackson, you know, he was the one who knew about the disease. We went up there thinking, okay, we're going to go to St. Jude. He's going to send us somewhere. We're going to go do something. We're going to the NIH. We're going somewhere for a clinical trial. I understand that there's, you know, no... Um, correct treatment or treatment that works, but there's some experimental something somewhere that they can give to her. My mom has stage four cancer. And so, you know, it's, it is a terminal disease, but she had chemo twice and it worked, you know, so that's what I expected in my head. That's the knowledge that I had. And so when we get up there and he's like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, you take her home because we're like, what do we do? Where do we go? And he's like, you, you take her home and you be with her and watch her die, basically. I mean, he said palliative care, but that's basically hospice watching her die. And that was just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. Um, it still is for me. And, and I cannot um, explain um, the torture that these children go through every day of their lives. And so as a parent, you know, I just couldn't watch that. And so we Googled and we had searched and we looked and I was like, well, isn't there something that can be done? And, and, you know, they had figured out the disease. They knew about all those enzymes. They knew what the process was. They knew what the gene was, which is 80% of the battle is the gene. And so they found that. And so we just started talking to those researchers about what could be done. And then we found out there was gene therapy where they could correct the gene. And then we found out it was just a funding issue. Then it became money. And I was like, okay, so you're saying what's standing between children not being tortured is money. And so that just was like, all right, we got to do this. Well, I mean, Amber, you had to, I bet when you think about COVID and this RNA technology and how they're, how quickly they got to a vaccine and the way they're using new technology, when you had scientists from around the world uh, aligned around that, look how quickly we got to a vaccine and the same thing could happen with MSD. Couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's very cool. You get a bunch of smart people together. They can figure it out. And if money's no object, you can get it done quick. Well, the te- and what's happened though, is that maybe from the moment that they first diagnosed this MSD as a specific you know, issue uh, through today, technology has changed so dramatically. Um, what we're going to do, this is Amber Olson. She is the founder of an organization focused on a condition called MSD. And uh, we're having a conversation about her daughter, Willow, who has this terrible disease and her determination to, to find a cure. When we come back, we can continue the conversation. We'll pick it up from there talking about the advancements in technology and what might the next steps be. We'll see you after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Amber Olson with us today. Um, it, it's a tough conversation. It's always a tough conversation when we're talking about a disease that affects 
a child. And, um, you know, for those who listen to the show on a regular basis, I'm obsessed with doing everything in our power to make sure kids can have a happy, fulfilling life. And as a parent, I'm sure, Amber, it's just got to be just <laughs> so heartbreaking to watch a child with a disease like multiple sulfatus de- deficiency, MSD disease, which, as you said, it's a literally, cells are literally just going away before your very eyes in, in, in much the way you described it as an Alzheimer patient and the lights are slowly going out. That's the way you describe it, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I mean, like she, you know, she'll have her moments where she can clearly look at you and, you know, there's recognition, but a lot of the times that, you know, the lights are going out, it's just, she's looting that she's fading um, yeah. right before our eyes. And as we were talking before we went to the break, we now know what gene it is, and we even have a sense of what the therapy needs to be. So the, the, the question is really about funding and taking it the rest of the way. And you've, you've got a scientific advisory board that you've put together. There are at least three global sister organizations that are, that, are, that are focused on this. But what specifically needs to occur to get to a cure? Yeah, so we you know, fixed the disease in mice. So the, the mice don't normally live a full you know, human life, they live about two years. And so our gene therapy treated mice, which would normally die in seven days, lived for full mouse life. So we know it works. Um, they've done all the testing on that. We've done a pre-IND with the FDA. Now we just have to do, you know, manufacturing and get it to the clinic. And there's some supportive work that we have to do around that, like a natural history study. And that's one of our funding priorities this year. Um, but, you know, we just got to finish this up and, and do it. And, and I feel you know, like in the next couple of years, we'll have a clinical trial. Wow. I mean, it's, it, it feels so close and you're holding yeah. your daughter. And uh, it's, it's, it just saddens me to think about the way you describe this. It's like watching the lights go out inside of her. I wonder about your, your other daughters. How is this just a world that they've accepted or are there dynamics in your family? But talk to me more about that. Sure. So, you know, this, it's a difficult life. I mean, Willow requires, we have nurse care in our home. We have nurses in here almost all the time and, you know, she's total care. So she can't do anything on her own. So everything kind of surrounds around her. And so, you know, as teenagers, that's difficult. You know, they, they think the world surrounds them. And so, um, but you know, they've, you know, just like with COVID and everything else, they, they adapt and they pivot and they do what they need to do. And, and it's going to make them stronger people in the long run. But it's t- it's a tough life. Well, God bless you and your family. I, one of the things I wonder about is um, th- th- we hadn't talked about the statistics. How often does this occur in, in the U.S. and around the world? And do we know what causes it? Yeah, so it is genetic. Um, so there's a uh, my husband and I are carriers of the same bad gene. It's SUMF1. Um, it is very rare. So it's like one in a million chances. Um, it's actually one in half a million, one in 500,000 prevalence. So we don't know of that many kids. You know, they think there's probably about 700 in the U.S. Um, we in the in the world, you know, probably a few thousand. So it doesn't affect that many. But the technology that we're using, the gene therapy, the work that we're doing, it, it will help Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and other neurological conditions as well. So your, your foundation is actually a 5013C. And, yes. uh, and uh, from a, on a day-to-day basis, what, what does life inside your foundation look like? <laughs> 
Um, it's between science and money. So uh, we, I spent a lot of time on science calls. Actually, I was on one um, this morning. Our um, gene therapy was presented at a scientific conference, and so I was on there watching that. Um, we discuss a lot about clinical trial design and the, those kind of things. And then um, fundraising. So I call myself the chief fundraising officer, which means I just tell the story over and over again and show Willow's face. And people on the coast have been amazing. Amazing. I mean, this is going to have a clinical trial because of people here on the coast. You know, people in South Mississippi have done this. Amazing. What about legislative and congressional support? <laughs> yeah. So um, the NIH does fund research for medical diseases and, and rare diseases. Um, it's a long road. And so we did actually get the first um, MSD was mentioned in the appropriation bill in December this year. Um, so that's a start. You know, I've met with all of our senators and congressmen and um, it's a long road. It's a long, slow road. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 isn't it sad, though, that that people look at statistical occurrence and see a number and they say, okay, is this number worth the energy or the investment? It's unfortunate that that's even part of their calculus without saying, looking at Willow and saying, what can I do? I don't care if it's occurred only once. If we, if we're 80% there and understand the genetics of it all, and we have some sense of what can possibly solve this, why wouldn't there be a full court press to solve the problem? It makes you want to scream, doesn't it? It does. It does. And and Willow's story is not, you know, a one story. There are millions of children with these rare diseases. There's 30 million kids that have rare conditions and 5 million of them will die before the age of five. Willow's story is not unique. You know, well, look, we're, we're out of time, Amber, but um, we'll come back to you in a few months and just check in and see how things are going. But you're an inspiration to me. I, I really hate it for you and your family. But, my, you know, you've taken this very difficult thing for your family and you said, I am not going to take no for an answer. I'm going to do everything in my power to make a difference for Willow and other kids like her. And God bless you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You bet. Uh, this has been Amber Olson, and uh, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View, View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.